hello listeners, and thank you so much for tuning in. I apologize about the delay in getting an episode posted, but work has been really busy, and it hasn't really given me much inspiration, but to make up for the delay, I have brought in two wonderful guests to help me. Thank you. We're mediocre at best, but I appreciate the praise. That wasn't praise. (laughs) (laughs) That was in the script. (laughs) That was in the script. Yes. You're right. So, um, anyway, I would like you to introduce yourself since you can't do it improperly. I'm like a vampire. I can't introduce myself unless I am asked to. Is that from an interview with a vampire? No, but you know how vampires can't enter a house unless they're invited in? Oh, yeah, like your mom. Oh, uh, yeah. Did you I haven't even introduced myself yet. <clears throat> oh, sorry. Go ahead. Silence. Okay. So she can cut it out. I'm not cutting it out. <laughs> I'm Sam, and I would call myself a good friend of MK's. Um, I don't know what she would consider me, but I think she's a good friend. I think you know what I would consider you. <laughs> I like to bake and draw, and I'm currently in school for psychology, just to give you a little bit of information about me. If anyone's wondering... I'm very close to slapping both of these bitches, because they can't get any recording done. It's currently midnight, and we sat down at, like, what, 9 p.m.? 9 p.m., 9 you p.m., I would say. You had time to take a shower. I took a whole shower. I am cleansed. I am pure. And she shaved she, every inch of her body. Every inch. Every inch. Bald and beautiful. Like a baby. Like a brand new baby. Like a cherub. Yeah. I could just slap your butt. You could. And you're free to. And we're still recording. Yeah. And that time, time, we've been able to digest our pancakes, our bacon. Yeah. You know? I'm secret editor. You're not really secret, because I tell them Yeah, she gave you. you a fat shout-out. Oh, yeah, she did. Mm-hmm. You did. In a way, you've already been introduced. Yeah, but then you could say this is your homecoming. Hmm. Well, I, had no, I don't really have much to say other than, like, I love MK, and I hope, I hope her stories do well, because I know that they are hit with me. In my heart. Aww. Well, you're definitely the one I'm writing for. Thank you. <laughs> I'm joking. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing for you. <laughs> she pulls me in and sits me out. Do you want to? Do you want to introduce yourself to these poor viewers out there? Yeah, my name is Kat, um, and I'm one of MK's best friends. Otherwise, you know, she wouldn't tolerate any of this. I love you. Thank you. I love you too. It's official. Um, yeah. Um, you know, we, we had pancakes today, and mm-hmm. they were really, really delicious. Well, no, they, they weren't. The ones I had and Sam had were really delicious. The ones I had and were full of lemon. Yeah, lemon rind. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, that's, um, and it's really fun to be able to see the stories that she's creating and how the process that she's, that she's. The process is mostly me crying half the time. <laughs> So, that was Sam and Kat, two of my best friends, and I want to thank them both for once again hosting me and lending me their voices. And without further ado, I hope you're still with me, please enjoy Fleeting Fiction, Distant Cries of Home. It was the second week of the first semester, and students at Conda International University were beginning to acclimate to their new routine. They would get up, get dressed and go down to the cafeteria for breakfast before beginning their morning classes. 
Some students had Japanese history, while others trudged on to trigonometry, displeased with how math was the first thing they had to encounter. But, for Hyuk Yoon, age 19, his Monday and Wednesday schedule was something he readily anticipated. His first class was creative writing, a class which their English teacher also oversaw. The class size was rather small and composed of students from all years. There was a fourth year who had thick neon pink glasses who was vocal about her intentions of writing for TV once she graduated. There was also a blonde-haired young man with pale skin who was the tallest person Hugh had ever encountered. Given Hugh had only grown up in Seoul and moved to Tokyo a few years ago, that likely wasn't saying much. Even so, his Norwegian classmate was polite and soft-spoken, rather than imposing a gruff as one might assume someone of his height to act. Being from South Korea, Hugh had black hair, which was kept short and orderly. While appearing plain, Hugh was the first one to make jokes and puns when the opportunity presented itself. He was the most outspoken in the class, unfazed by the fact he was only one of three first-year students. The other two first-years were sisters from America. Upon entering the classroom, Hugh's eyes settled on them, the pair standing by the front of the lecture hall, talking closely together. The girl with the blonde-colored spectacles was in the back, on her phone, and any other students were likely occupied. "'What's up?' Hugh asked, approaching the two sisters. They both had slightly tanned skin and dark wavy hair. One had her hair in a tight, straight braid down her back, while the other had a short cut where nothing needed to be done. Her hair was wavy and stopped along the middle of her neck. "'You're Emma, right?' He asked the girl with the long braid. "'And you're Anna?' he asked the other. "'Yep.' Emma smiled and stepped back leaning against the wooden podium, which sprouted from the white tile floor. It offered the instructor, in this case Mr. Haplin, a means to view his notes and command the attention of his class. But for now, it was a sturdy place to lean for Emma. She glanced at her sister, who seemed to be at least a year younger than her. My sister was just snooping and... I wasn't snooping, I was cleaning up. Anna interjected. And she found a note from the teacher. Hugh took the letter from Anna and unfolded it. It's a riddle. Hugh began to smile as the rest of the class filtered in, all orbiting towards their unofficial desks they had cleaned last week. Hey, guys! He called out to the others in the small room. Haplin Sensei wants us to find him. Looks like we're going on an adventure, he explained. But first, we need to figure out this riddle. Where can you see Spain without taking a plane? Where can you fly on a broom without leaving the room? Where can you find immortality? Where will you find me? It's got to be the library, right? Emma spoke up. Should we go? Anna asked. Of course. Come on, guys, Hughes said. The class began to collect their things before they all walked out of the classroom, sliding the door shut behind them. Hugh, Anna, and Emma led the pack as they walked down the hall. The herd wasn't as quiet as they intended as the door behind them slid open and a black-haired woman stuck her head out, looking rather irritated. Hoplin-sensei didn't show up and only gave us this. Hugh began to explain, holding up the note, but it seemed this wasn't the first time he had sent his students on a random mission, as the Japanese teacher rolled her eyes and gave a nod before she shut the door and resumed her instruction. Hugh and the other creative writing students reached the end of the wide hallway and took the stairs down to the first floor. Those in the back began to converse amongst themselves, 
So Hyuk was more than happy to get to know the two sisters. So you two are from America? I've never been, but I've heard stories, he grinned. Anna and Emma looked to one another. We're from Florida, Emma replied. And what brings you guys all the way to Japan? Can't just be the chance to meet me, he teased. Anna looked off nervously as Emma explained that they had applied spontaneously, not expecting to be accepted. But when they both got in, it seemed like a waste of an opportunity not to go. You guys got guts. That's what I love about you Americans so much. You just go for it. It's overwhelming, but I'm glad to have Emma with me. Anna admitted, fiddling with her fingertips as the group walked across a courtyard toward the school's library. She's going to become a doctor, and I'm thinking of going into nursing. You guys got to have a lot of patience for that, huh? Oh, yeah, I guess. Anna glanced at her sister, who seemed to be quietly laughing at his pun, which didn't land with her, so he tried another one, hoping it would land better than his first attempt. Medical school isn't cheap. It gauze a lot, doesn't it? Now, both sisters laughed, which prompted Hugh to do the same, finally getting them both to smile and relax. What about you? Anna asked as Hugh pulled open the door to let in everyone. I would love to act. I don't care if it's theater or movie or television. I just want to tell stories and share them with the world, he said. Once the other students were in, he walked in as well, noticing that the sisters had lingered by the entrance to wait for him. The three blended in with the group as they walked up the five steps and found themselves at the school library. It was a large building with light red carpet. Large dark oak bookshelves covered the outer wall, while shorter rows of shelves were strategically placed around the room, creating narrow passageways for the students seeking scholarly solace. The shorter bookshelves had various global historical artifacts decorated atop them with small information paragraphs in English describing the item's significance. There were dark couches, tables in the center of the library, and in the back a small row of PCs overlooked two private conference rooms which could be reserved for group projects. A soft clearing of the throat was heard as their teacher walked toward them, coming from back where the PCs were stationed. Tall and lean, his torso towered over the bookshelves as they stood between them. To his left, there was a piece of the Berlin Wall, and to his right, a signed baseball by Babe Ruth. Edward Haplin had been with Conda for three years, and had developed a playful relationship with Fukada-sensei. During the second semester of his first year, he had lured his creative writing class outside, and since then, it had become tradition. He sought to get his students out of their classroom, and let them be inspired by the world around them. His methods were rather unusual, but he insisted that his students were better when they were challenged and inspired by the surroundings, and that sometimes meant changing them up by going on a field trip, within the campus anyway. He was hoping to smuggle his class out of the gates of Conda, but for today, the library would have to suffice. He was born in Sendai and spent his first 12 years there before he moved to Oregon to focus on his education. Perhaps it was the American school system that pushed the man to think more critically than his Japanese colleagues. The English teacher smiled and folded his arms across his chest. His dark chocolate hair and charcoal eyes allowed him to blend in with those from Sendai, but his tall statue was not something he could alter or blend in. He had his father's height, and stood even taller than the Nordic third year in front of him. "'Good morning,' Edward greeted his students, 
His hands were large in size and brushed against the gray sweater vest he had over his white-collared shirt. The vest had a basic gray and black argyle pattern that stopped along his hips, the back of the vest a solid gray. He had on black jeans and a pair of comfortable brown loafers. I know it's not the most thought-provoking riddle, but I'm glad you found me. Well done, everyone. Why are we here, Haplin sensei the tall Nordic asked. To explore and discover. The class looked quizzically at one another before their teacher continued. I want you to break into four groups of three and create a scene from a movie. You can pick any movie you want, but the scene has to be one of your own creation, he told them. Next Monday, we will see what everyone created. I want your scene to show us something we haven't seen before, but something you feel the movie needs. Do we have to film it? Emma spoke up. Only if you'd like the extra credit. Otherwise, your group just has to come up in front and act it out in front of us on Monday. And if you prefer to go the extra mile with costumes or filming it or using props, your extra credit will be reflected in the effort you put in outside of class. Couldn't it be animated? Another student asked. You thought she might be from Australia, given her accent. Sure. Can it be a documentary? Another one blurted out. No, it should be fiction, Edward said before holding his hand up to ward off the questions that he could sense were only going to become more detailed and specific. He would rather not waste time going down that rabbit hole. Now, you're all adults, so I trust you can form your own groups. Take the rest of this class to pick a film and see what's missing from its script. Be sure to put your names on your final draft and have it ready for next Monday. Hugh looked to Anna and Emma. How about we join forces, he suggested. Emma and Anna gave the pale young man a nod. The three drifted toward one of the couches and sat down with Emma in the middle, notebook and pen in her lap. Okay, let's come up with some movies we all know and then go from there. The three spent the next several minutes talking about movies they knew, trying to narrow the list down. Each movie that either Hugh or Anna mentioned, Emma scribbled down. Whenever there was a lull in suggestions, Emma would write down her own. Soon, the page was decorated with purple glittery ink, showcasing their tastes in movies. Most of them were animated. Some were action, some were comedies, and only one or two were horror-related. The group then ranked their top five and decided to see what movie was on everyone's list. Looks like we're doing Spirited Away, Emma announced. After spending 30 minutes talking about the characters and their motivations, the class was over and it was time to migrate to the morning's second class. Hang on, wait for me, okay? Anna nervously walked over to their teacher. Hugh couldn't hear the conversation, but it was short-lived as the girl scurried back, face a bit red. Ready? Emma asked as she slung her backpack over her shoulder. Yep. What's your next class? Anna grabbed her things and asked Hugh. I've got personal finance. What about you guys? We have introductory Japanese. Anne replied as they walked down the steps and out into the large courtyard. The cherry blossoms were in full bloom, and a sudden wind blew a few petals off, sending them through an invisible current that swirled around the trio before fluttering away. I've got a good handle on Japanese. I don't mind giving you two some help sometime. Anna looked to Emma, who seemed delighted by this offer. In exchange for helping us in Japanese, we can help you with any science class you have. That would be amazing. 
I'm taking physics and I just can't do it. My brain does not work that way, Hugh laughed. The three walked back toward the main building where most of their classes were held. They parted ways when they got to the stairs. Anna and Emma went back up and down the hall where Fukada-sensei was cleaning off the chalkboard from her advanced class she had just wrapped up. Hyuk, meanwhile, stayed on the first floor and found where his physics teacher, Ueda-sensei, was standing outside handing a student a sheet of paper before they walked in. Great. A pop quiz. His shoulders slumped as he thought about skipping, but Ueda-sensei had spotted him and called out to him in her overly cheerful voice. Wincing, Hugh kept walking and forced himself to smile and wave as he accepted the paper, not even bothering to look, given he had neglected the assigned reading over the weekend. He knew he was going to fail. An hour passed, and lunch was a welcome relief for Hugh, who found himself limping from the classroom like a wounded animal. His spirits were suddenly brightened when he saw Emma and Anda waiting outside. Hey! He caught up to them. Want to eat together? The two women accepted his invitation, and they walked into the cafeteria and got in line to get something to eat. Hugh picked up a basic teriyaki rice bowl with mushrooms and snow peas, Anna picked out a slice of cheese pizza and some french fries, while Emma settled on a meatball sandwich which came with slaw and slice of melon. Upon finding a table, they sat down together and began to eat, well, except Anna, who just stared at her plate and sighed heavily. "'Are you okay?' Hugh asked her. While Emma was fairly upbeat, it seemed as though Anna was more pensive and quiet. I just with my mom. We haven't been away from her for longer than a week. She says she's going to visit for a summer break so we could spend time together, but I can't wait that long. That was about four months away. Hugh tapped his wooden chopsticks against his lips, thinking to himself. But don't worry about me. Having Emma here is enough. It better be. The rest of lunch was spent talking about their project and that they'd need to get together tomorrow sometime to keep working on it. The three found it was best to wait until classes were done for the day, since none of them had any breaks together. As lunch finished, Hugh got up and took the trays. You guys can go. I'll take care of this, he assured them as they smiled and thanks and went off. Emma went to trigonometry while Anna went to study hall. Setting the trays by the bins, Hugh glanced down at his phone, seeing a text coming in from his own mother, checking in to see how his week was looking. She didn't work, so when he went off to live at the dorms at Conda, he imagined his own mother was feeling rather lost and a little lonesome. He sent her a few texts as he headed for his first afternoon class, swimming. The following evening, Hugh, Anna, and Emma were sitting back in the library, huddled around one of the PCs, going over the scene they were writing. They wanted to do another scene with the lead character and her parents, before they were turned into pigs. All of them felt another scene would drive home how important they were to one another, despite the main character refusing to uproot her life for her parents. Anna slumped in her seat as she let Hugh and Emma do most of the brainstorming. As the sunlight faded from the skylights above, they decided to call it a day. That's probably enough for now. We can finish it up tomorrow or over the weekend. Emma decided as she saved their work in a small dog-shaped thumb drive and put it in her backpack. All right. Sounds good to me. Hugh stepped back and put his jean jacket on. How about going to my house on Friday? He suggested. Since there's no classes, we can go over there and relax. Halpin since they did say we should change our scenery to better our writing. Before Anna could politely decline, her older sister said they would love to go. Hugh offered them both a thumbs up. Segoine, meet by the gate at ten. Don't be late. 
Wednesday and Thursday passed without much incident. Their creative writing assignment was done, but now they were torn on recording it for extra credit or waiting until Monday. Emma wanted to record it. Anna didn't, and Hugh could go either way. As the sun blanketed the pale blue sky, Hugh nervously paced in front of the front gate. It was already ten and neither Emma nor Anna had shown up. He pulled out his phone, having received a text. He replied just as Emma called out to him, waving as she pulled Anna along, both of them out of their uniforms and in streetwear. Sorry we kept you waiting. Anna couldn't find her sunglasses. We're still unpacking. No problem. I'm glad you guys could make it, he said as he sent his mother a text to let her know they were ready for pickup. About a minute later, Hugh's mother pulled up in a black Subaru with a tan leather interior. Both girls got in the back, while Hugh sat in front with his mother, who drove them back towards home. Hugh glanced behind him and grinned. You two are in for a treat, he said. We've got lots of good food waiting for us. Good food and good smiles. The drive lasted about ten minutes, before the car parked in a small driveway and Hugh's mother got out and directed them inside. Hugh led the girls up the steps and opened the front door before pulling off his shoes and kicking to the side. Anna and Emma then took off their own shoes and carefully put them beside Hukes. They then followed him back into the kitchen and found a whole table filled with food. That looks like the key lime pie Mom makes on my birthday, Emma said. That's because it is, came a voice from behind them. Both girls turned around to see their mother standing in the hallway. Anna threw her arms around her mother, too stunned to speak while Emma looked at Hugh before throwing her arms around her sister and mother all three grinning and crying softly. How did you get here? Anna asked, pulling back to wipe away her tears. Hugh arranged everything. He found me on Facebook and he offered to fly me out. At first I declined the offer, but he told me how much it would mean to you both, and I was already on my way to the airport. I arrived yesterday, and we've been talking and cooking ever since. Hugh's mother is letting me stay the weekend, but then I need to get back home for work. She brought a hand up to wipe Emma's cheek, her other hand rubbing Anna's back softly. You didn't have to. Emma looked to Hugh. I know, but after talking to you guys this week, I learned about how important family is to you, and I thought how difficult it would be for me to be separated from them. Hugh realized he had been fortunate in that he had never been far from his parents. He was an only child and soaked up their love and attention, and was certain that it would be painful to be away from that kind of acceptance. While Emma and Anna had one another, there was nothing compared to the love of a parent and child. We can finish our project today, and the rest of the weekend we can show you guys around the city. Thank you so much, Hugh. You have no idea how much this means to all of us, their mother said. No, I don't. But if I had to wait months before I could feel my own mother's arms around me or have some of her cooking, I would be pretty distraught. Hugh looked to Anna. I know you say you have your sister with you, and that's enough, but... I'm here, too, if you need another friend by your side. Anna wasn't normally one for physical affection. Even exchanging a handshake was an act she shied away from. She enjoyed her space and valued her autonomy, only feeling fully at ease around her own family. And even though she'd only formally met Hugh at the beginning of the week, she decided that if he could bring the other half of her heart across the world, then he was already a good friend. Wrapping her arms around him, Anna closed her eyes, her mother watching them, with both a mixture of fondness and pride. Anna stepped back, and Emma gave Hugh a hug as well. 
The five then sat around the table and began to pass around the various dishes. Both mothers received praise for their various dishes. The braised cabbage, the key lime pie, the crispy onion pancakes, the potato salad, the fried chicken. It was as if two variations of home were existing in one single room, on one single table. Stories of childhood blunders were exchanged, prompting laughter. And those stories spawned other stories, and soon the house was filled with cheerful noises of jokes being told, of serving spoons hitting a dish plate for seconds or thirds, and of the distance between them already shrinking. Home was closer than anyone knew. And, uh, that's a wrap, you guys. I've always wanted to say that. <laughs> In case anyone wondered how long this took from start to finish with all the outtakes. Now you guys know what I go through. It's not easy, is it? It's not. Never ask me to do this again. I will. You have to write. I'm just really happy, you guys. Are you? I can be with you guys. Recording. You have to write Emma's death for me. <laughs> you're, you're Emma, right? Yeah, I'm Emma, of course. Huh? We're recording. Well, it's the outro, so. Oh, yeah. You know what, Samantha? Did you leave a wet flower in your sister's? That was Catherine. She planted it to make me look bad. Would you look at all that shouting? Well, I want to say good job, Maura. Your writing skills are amazing. No, think, yeah, it was a lot yes, of fun. No. Yeah. Well, it was a lot of fun, and it was an interesting You know, what, been, what would have been more fun if you were drawing clips, to be honest? Yeah, it would have been a lot more fun. And that's just an idea for another episode, another day. You know, you guys should just give me some notes for what better lines you want and stories. I mean, if you want to, like, you know, murder mystery where she's dead and you're like the crime suspect. Yes, that's all. That I've way she doesn't wanted. have to talk. But make me a ghost so I can yeah. come back and like. Yeah, she'll pull. come back and deposit clues about who killed her. You know, she's gonna be like, I want to stay dead actually. <laughs> you can haunt the Conde International. But if you, but just like if you're dead, you can't eat anything. You can't taste anything. We'll eat cheetos. Yeah, I don't think we have very many cheetos in Japan. They don't have Cheetos in Japan. Really? Well, I mean, you know, not Cheetos. Yeah. They love Lay's though, huh? You know, they love Kit Kats. They do. They do. Uh, they have the Monte Greens Kit Kats. They're delicious. Yeah. Monte Green Well, I did want to take this time to thank you guys for helping me. I know we've been talking about it for a while, and with certain things, you know, we could never get our schedules to match up, but I'm glad that you guys took the time to, you know, bother with this and... It wasn't a bother. Yeah, it wasn't. It was, like it was, it was super it was a lot fun. Of fun. I yeah. pictured it being less hot when we recorded. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. the that's the big reward we get at the end. We have to that's... turn on the AC again. <laughs>